0: It's just a no-brainer right now to be in the cloud. And I know that there's some firms out there that does like half and half, um, which is which is fine. Like if there's people that need to be in the office, but I just know from experience that you can do so much more. If you do completely remote, obviously your cash flow is different. Your, you know, your staff, you're probably getting more out of them just because they're not driving um, and they're happier. They get the flexibility. Like there's just so many things that are right with going remote and just i think like the the other thing is just being able to trust the technology like some people are afraid to change or do something different but just trust that it will work out like if if you put the time investment into it i think it's it's a huge thing to have rolling in your business so
1: hi i'm brandon poe founder of poe group advisors and creator of the accounting practice academy you are listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan podcast where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. If you're looking to buy or sell a practice, we are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. Check us out at pogroupadvisors.com. If you're a firm owner looking to build a more profitable practice while actually reducing owner hours, sign up for our practice management workshop, which only runs a few times per year. Learn more at accountingpracticeacademy.com. I am... Very excited to have a special guest, a past client, on our podcast today. So welcome to Accountant's Flight Plan podcast. We have Alex Dawes on, and she founded the company Virtual CFO Solutions just under three years ago, and her virtual accounting firm provided a progressive external finance team, including fractional CFO and controller services for startups and small businesses, Looking to accelerate their growth. Uh, She quickly grew her team and clients over two and a half years before making the decision to sell and have someone else take over. Um, Although she would have loved to continue the growth of the company, she decided to take on a new career in real estate after learning she had a strong passion for that industry. Uh, Shortly after the successful sale of Virtual CFO Solutions in September 2021, um, Alex became a licensed real estate advisor with Ingalls and Volkers on Vancouver Island, Canada. Um, she felt confident moving on to this new career, knowing that the accounting firm was left in great hands after finding a highly qualified buyer to take over. So welcome, Alex.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, it's cool. I mean, it hadn't been too long since she sold. I mean, September, it's now February. Yeah. Six, six months, roughly. hmm um, so I'm just, uh, astonished at the growth that you did. I mean, you built a virtual CFO firm, which I love the name of the company, virtual CFO solutions. Uh, you built it really quickly and just, um, before we kind of get into some of the questions about how you built it, what was your background prior to building it? What was your accounting experience, your, your, um, Yeah. What was your background?
0: Yeah. So like kind of looking back um, at that point, I had, I don't know, seven or eight years under my belt. So not crazy amount of time in the industry, but I, I kind of bounced around from, you know, starting in the tax side of things, doing some cross border. Then I, you know, quickly figured out that I didn't want to be in a physical office. So I started working with a virtual accounting firm based in Toronto um, which I kind of stayed there for a couple years and really grew my experience within working in the cloud working with you know a great tech stack and just feeling like that was where I belonged in terms of helping businesses with you know their taxes but also how they can grow and how they can strategize there so I then um decided to leave and work at a local startup in BC, just to be a little more, you know, where I am and um, in the tech community community that I'm in. And uh, yeah, that's sort of where it started. I started as like part-time sort of controller, full-time controller, and then eventually just like accumulated a few part-time clients. And that was really my intention at the time.
1: So interesting. Okay, so you had that cloud experience and the, I guess the first firm you worked for was probably more traditional. And then you went to work for a cloud firm mm-hmm. and you knew right away, like, this is the model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, what did you yeah. like about the model? What was, what was attractive to you, if you can remember?
0: I mean, I think for me, like number, I mean, I think any reason that some people will go to that type of firm right away is, is the flexibility and the remote work. Like, I think that's number one the reason that intrigued me because I didn't have experience there. So I didn't really know what else I could get out of it. But at the time I, you know, I was sick of driving, uh, basically spending a lot of my day driving and, um, you know, just being able to like work where I want, when I want, well, you know, and for the most part and doing all this cool stuff online, utilizing the technology is just yeah, that's what drew me in. And of course, after spending time doing the work and working with clients, I, I basically was stuck in there and I would never leave after that.
1: Yeah. Were you, were you surprised when you went from a traditional firm to a cloud firm, were you surprised at how well the clients uh, worked with that model?
0: Um, yeah, a little bit. Like I think you're definitely working with a different client base. I mean that's that's number one. So, in the cloud firm I worked with, they did tax as well. So I was still doing tax, but just completely online. So you weren't dealing with shoeboxes coming in. Um, so it was it was cool dealing with clients that like sort of understood it, or if they didn't, they were willing to learn and get on there. Versus, um, you know, there are also, there are always clients that just don't want to go there. So it was nice to just narrow down that client base that worked well with it.
1: So, and I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So you mentioned that the clients were very different. Like, can you give a little more detail on what that meant? Like, what does that, how, how would you, how do you mean that? How are they different?
0: Well, I think the industry of clients were a bit different. Um, certainly, uh, more of a tech-based industry for sure. And that is quite a wide range. Like not, I'm not just talking software, but also, you know, health tech, um, all the service-based companies that are going online, all of the e-commerce that was sort of going crazy at the time. And yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity not being in one location. (laughs) So I think those are the types of clients.
1: Okay. So you were working with clients who were a lot like yourself. They're more mm-hmm. wanting to work in that environment, comfortable with that environment. okay, yeah. that's interesting. Um, all right, so you talked a little bit about hey, I took on a few clients, I got going but so was there some planning like before you started taking on clients or or as you started to see that this was growing, um, did you do any particular like really strategic type of planning before you got going in the practice?
0: Well, yes and no. I think when it started, I I had a few clients going and and my intention was just to work on contract with them just by myself, you know, independent contractor, nothing more than that. Um, But I could see there was so much interest in it that it just started to accumulate. And as soon as I realized that I needed another staff member, which I think only happened two or three months later. Um, that was when I said, okay, like, I'm going to create a company out of this. I'm going to incorporate, you know, I knew all the tax stuff. So I was like, this makes the most sense um, for tax purposes. And yeah, that's kind of how the company started was just a natural progression into that.
1: Okay. So once you started growing, um, did you, you know, did you have to make, do you remember making key decisions about things like your pricing model or the types of clients that you wanted, Um, you know, because what I've noticed is like a lot of times when people are in that startup mode, they don't do a lot of thinking and they take all sorts of clients that maybe later on they wouldn't want to take. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you experience that or were you more selective from the get-go?
0: Well, I think like, because my first few clients were very much in that sphere of clients I wanted, it it made it a bit easier for me to pick and choose. However, I mean, I was a business starting out. So just like others or most, most other businesses, I kind of took on a lot of things. Like I took on different projects, short-term, long-term, different industries to kind of really confirm where I wanted to be. And I just confirmed that, you know, that tech space, startup space was really where we wanted to focus. And so as I learned that, we were really trying to push that out like in the marketing side. And although we would take other clients, that was where we were um, trying to focus our attention.
1: Right. And um, what about tech stack? Did you have some difficult decisions on how to set up or was that fairly a simple process as well?
0: That part was probably the easier decision because I had such a good experience in the previous cloud firm I knew what worked what didn't work and what I I, I very much just stood my ground on what we used and I think there's firms out there that will use different apps especially accounting apps um, like you know zero QuickBooks online Sage whatever it may be we just use zero so I knew right away that we were you know, just gonna stick to one and become an expert in that one. And I know that it limits you because not everyone wants to use that. But that was the one area we, you know, I wanted to for sure um, stick to.
1: Yeah. I like that. It's um it's great that you were so sort of um, focused. I, I would say you're you were very focused. You knew what you wanted. It seems like you didn't have a hard time saying no to the things that you didn't want. Um, a lot of accountants have trouble with that. Do you think that's something that, that you learned from someone else's mistakes or did that come naturally, do you think, for you?
0: I think it helped having my different experience along the way because I did test out so many areas from you know just your traditional tax firm to cloud-based that did accounting and tax to becoming a controller slash CFO that didn't do any tax Um, I, I, I really learned what I was good at and what I could, you know, really help support. And that's where my focus came from. So like another thing we left out completely was tax, like we didn't, we didn't do that at all. So being able to focus on like a fractional CFO controller within this tech stack for these particular companies is something I knew pretty quick, quickly going in.
1: Yeah. Well, Which brings me to the next topic that I want to cover is growth. And so what so many people in that startup phase fail to realize is, you know, yes, you limit yourself by focusing and by saying, okay, we're only going to do this application. We're going to work with zero. We're not going to do tax. You had a clear list of things that you weren't going to do. And a lot of people are afraid to create that list because they Mm -hmm. feel like it would constrain them too much. Yeah, But what's cool about your business, the way you grew it, you went from zero to about 750,000 in two and a half years, which is really rapid growth. Um, so I wanted to ask you a few questions about what that experience was like, because that's a pretty rapid scale. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was uh, what do you remember about that scaling up, I guess, extreme scaling phase? Um Did you work a lot of hours? What was it like?
0: Um, Well, I think it like, first of all, it it wasn't like I had a plan that said that was what was going to happen. So it was an interesting way that came about, I think in the first year, I mean, the first year was a partial year. So I kind of got, at that point, it's just sort of got an idea of what we were doing really nailed down our marketing. And, you know, I really, I I basically started ramping up the marketing in the second year. So, that first year was just figuring things out, a lot of referrals, that kind of thing. Um, And yeah, like moving forward, it just happened and and the word just kept getting out. And so, my only concern at that point was just making sure we had good people hired. And, um, you know, I couldn't do it all myself. So, just, you know, bringing on new people, managing that. I think, was what helped us scale over time and just timing that right, spending money in the right places, not spending too much money, but, like, um, you know, making that all work and making sure staff were supported as well. So, yeah, I, I in particular, worked decent hours, like, for sure, full-time, maybe a bit more, you know, at some points of it, but I did also I don't think I I worked crazy, you know, in terms of, I'm sure accountants like during tax season, you know, that I didn't work to that extent. It was not like a tax season type of hours. It was, it was an entrepreneur type of hours where, you know, you're, you're needed here and there, but it's not like you're, you're working all weekend, every weekend. That wasn't my choice to do that.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, what were your biggest challenges?
0: Um, similar to what I just said, like I'd say people that, that was, I think the timing of knowing when to hire and who to hire, that is a big challenge. And I, I I've talked to other firm owners too, and they've had similar things. I think it's just being able to time when to hire. So, you know, if you've got clients coming in, You know, do you hire now? Do you hire later? Like, do you hire before? And what's the cash flow going to look like? I think that was one of the bigger challenges for sure, especially when you're growing so quickly, Um, and and also managing the client inflow of you know new clients. So yes, it's great once you have all the setup done and you're managing clients over time, but when they come in and they're set up, there's extra hours there. Just being able to handle like the short term project work was a little bit more challenging. Once they were set up and ready to go, it, it was a lot more smooth.
1: Okay. Any, uh, any advice on, on the hiring? Like what sort of, I guess, what sort of uh, conclusions did you come through after that experience? Is it better to hire a little bit before you need people? Was that sort of ultimately what you came to or?
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think everyone learns that at some point. Um, Although like, you know, when you're growing, especially in like the first year or two, you're not necessarily going to have a ton of cash flow on hand. So it is hard to make that decision and it's terrifying, but if you can do it, definitely hire before. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to get the clients, you're going to get the growth coming in. So you may as well just be prepared um, to have a great first impression for when new clients come in.
1: Yeah yeah you almost have to and that's why growth is so expensive and mm-hmm. one of the things that we've noticed especially with cloud firms a lot of them have grown quickly and the cash flow doesn't quite match up to what maybe a traditional firm cash flow would look like
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you have to factor in the growth because you've got to spend ahead of the growth yeah, yeah. so um, what would um what would you do differently? If you knowing now, um, if you knew then what, you know, now, what would you do differently if you were starting up?
0: Um, well, I think just because I now know the process of starting a business, what is involved, what you need to think about right away. Like, I I mean, I would ensure that all of that was done from the beginning, rather than kind of working on it over time. I mean, pricing—you're always doing, you're always trying to figure out. So I think that what I now know about pricing, I would have done that differently. Um, You know, I would have stuck to a specific industry or a specific type right from the beginning, rather than exploring all options. I, you know, I I would have done the hiring differently, like we just talked about. I would have started off with. Uh, certain like CRMs and um, like marketing initiatives right from the beginning. But of course, you know, when you're starting up, you're just, you're literally just learning it all. So I think that's, that would be the difference because I have all of that background. I could just do it all from day one, from the beginning, assuming I'd have the funds to invest into it. Yeah.
1: Well, it was interesting because I remember when you contacted us and you're thinking about selling, you know, it was like, wow, you haven't even had the company too long. Mm -hmm. At what point, what was it that made you want to sell? Like what, I guess at what point did you go, you know, I think I'm going to do something else.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it was probably like early 2021 where I, I just had some realizations of you know, what I wanted to do, maybe call it COVID realization. I don't know. But um I think just, it was just a bunch of things at once of uh, realizing, you know, what I wanted to do with my life moving forward. And yes, I loved, I think I got caught up in the growth and building the firm. And that was, I learned that that's where I need to be like in, in that, like, I love that type of thing when it came to maintaining, managing, it's just not for me. <laughs> so I just thought like there's a couple options I could get someone in there with me or, or, you know, hire for that, or I can just step out and, and have someone else take it over. So that was like the decision at that stage of what I do next.
1: Yeah. Nice. Um, any last little bits of advice for someone who's who's um, either starting a firm or maybe has a traditional firm and they're thinking about converting their traditional firm to a cloud firm. Any advice for, um, for people listening?
0: I mean, go for it. Like it's just a no brainer right now to be in the cloud. And I know that there's some firms out there that does like half and half um, which is which is fine like if there's people that need to be in the office, but I just know from experience that you can do so much more. if you do completely remote, obviously your cash flow is different. your you know your staff, you're probably getting more out of them just because they're not driving um, and they're happier, they get the flexibility. Like there's just so many things that are right with going remote and just I think like the the other thing is just being able to trust the technology. like some people are afraid to change or do something different, but just trust that it will work out. Like if, if you put the time investment into it, I think it's, it's a huge thing to have rolling in your business. So, yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Alex. Uh, you know, I, I do feel like we got a great buyer for you and uh, hopefully Jason's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And um, Glad to see you've gotten your new business off the ground. So uh thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you and thanks for all your help in this cuz I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thanks.
1: Thanks for listening to the Accountants Flight Plan podcast. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can also follow our group advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.